0: This is Mission Disco.
1: This is Mission Disco. This is Mission Disco.
0: Conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in
1: Ireland and beyond.
2: Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Mission Disco. Um, My name is Ross and I am joined with my fellow DJ, Simon. How are you today, Simon? I'm good, thanks Ross.
0: It's a good intro. Well done. I was an enthusiastic.
2: Gotta make it for all our listeners out there, you know.
0: I know, I know. I was uh, I was thinking a little bit about, um, it was always fun doing these with Brian because Brian just wanted to get straight down into talking about stuff and I always try to do jokes. I think you know, it was Father's Day recently and I was thinking about dad jokes. Have you got any good dad jokes? I have a book of them, some great ones. Are you good at jokes? I've never heard you tell jokes. I think you should read
2: one of the one of yours out of the book. <laughs> Do you not have any, have any off the top of your head, though? No? <laughs> not father jokes, no. Do you have any good jokes?
0: No, all terrible jokes. <laughs> the only one I think of I read in this book, it's a great book, actually. Yeah, it's, it's Dad Jokes, I think it's called. Um, you might have heard this before, but uh, a man walks into McDonald's and he says, can I have a Big Mac meal with Coke, please? And the lady behind the counter says... Um, I'm sorry, this is a library. And he said, Oh, sorry. Uh, can I have a Big Mac meal with
2: Coke, please? <laughs> that's great. That's it's very good, isn't it? Yeah, Ross? It's really so good, good. Simon. Yeah, you know, no you've max. been
0: really that's working a low hard on that.
1: Yeah. It's low <laughs> that bar. is a real dad joke. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the great thing is, you've been practicing that for the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, I know. And it's still terrible.
2: It's great. Yeah, I so... can see him um yeah it's good to be here and this will probably be our our kind of last one before the summer break um and um yeah so we're going into the summer season as people know we've been doing a couple of webinars um we had jill weber reflecting um on reflecting we had mark sayers and we recorded a podcast with laura bell a couple of weeks ago and um this week we had our third webinar from brian sanders talking about how do we rebuild as we come come out of this disruption and so we're really uh, delighted to have our friend amari with us amari is pastor in lucan liffey valley vineyard church isn't that right liffey valley, Vineyards,
1: yeah.
2: liffey valley, somewhere <laughs> out there <laughs> yeah.
3: and
2: uh, you also work with sam and the guys in the Inavista uh, organization. So um, it's brilliant to have you with us today. So uh, we're going to have a chat around the, the webinar. So Simon, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, um, yeah. How do well? I suppose first of all, like we're gonna we might play a few clips
0: just of what Brian said. And actually, if you if you want to watch the webinar, they will be on the website, and um, you can go to the practice website and find them there. Because some of the stuff we talk about may feel a little bit out of context. Um, so, yeah, I suppose first response I always find um, when Brian speaks, he seems to be kind of a little bit ahead of where people are at and he kind of stretches your thinking and it takes time to reflect on. It. I find it probably with Mark Sayers as well, his webinar. Um, but, yeah, how did you find it? What do you think of it? Just kind of first impressions, Anne-Marie? Oh,
1: yeah, same. I, I was there thinking, yeah, this is a lot of what you're thinking already, but sort of pushing you a little bit further into thinking and And
2: just really interesting and yeah. Brian always uh, provokes doesn't Mm -hmm. he and challenges kind of current mindsets and uh, ways that we can drift in our thinking and you know it's like a um, he is a disruptor isn't he so you know Mm -hmm. comes in and throws a grenade in in terms of our group think and helps us to kind of rethink things so
0: yeah, 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 yeah. There was a, it might start, it might play a little bit of it. And um, there's a bit at the start where he talks about uh, just where we're at. And he kind of compares our, um, our situation as if the buildings have burned down or as if um, there's nothing there. And he talks a, bit, a little bit about the difference between restarting and rebuilding. And I thought that was quite helpful. I'll play a little bit of the clip here and then maybe we could start there and think a little bit about what that means and how we think about those differently. So here's Brian.
3: You know, the first thing we need to do as we as we think about rebuilding is maybe to acknowledge where we really are. Um, You know, a lot has been said about this, so I I won't belabor it here, but we need to accept some reality. um, Before we can rebuild probably Um so, so I, I, of course, I mean this metaphorically, but, but, you know, the buildings, our buildings have burned down. And it, it's, it's different uh, if you think sort of, you know, we've been temporarily asked to, to, to vacate our buildings and then we're all going to come back. But if we think in, in, in different terms, like what we left has been leveled, Then we're probably better positioned to think about rebuilding Um, and actually even just framing it as a rebuild, I think is useful and helpful and important so 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 let's contrast that with this something like restarting, you know, are are we coming back into our church context into our ministry context. um, Thinking this is a restart or are we thinking this is a rebuild.
0: Yeah, I think um, just the the contrast between those two things because we hear, you know, buildings are reopened, we're restarting, we're back again. For you, as you think about the the difference between restarting and rebuilding, how how do those compare or contrast?
1: Yeah, I I found the image that he used really hit home. Like he described that one one room of your church is left. And would you restart in that one room or would you level it and start to rebuild? Um, and I suppose for me, I think this is such an opportunity to, to rebuild. Like we, before we go kind of rushing back into things as they were, it seems like a perfect opportunity to take a look and kind of like to have a blank sheet. Like I'm not suggesting we throw out the baby with the bathwater or anything, but that this is a really an opportunity to look at and um, what are we going to rebuild what shape is the church going to be um, and we we have an opportunity to leave some stuff behind that maybe just wasn't working yeah.
0: and and do you think the is it is a particular people who prefer to think about restarting or is it is this something about we're able to do it quicker and the rebuilding takes a longer process maybe it's a more painful process what is the what's the the difference mm-hmm. between those processes
1: it's a good question.
0: Because there is something exciting about thinking, of re- like if we're thinking about an actual building, which obviously he's not, you know, there is something exciting about redesigning a whole new building. We can build it like we want, uh, you know, be, we could do this, this, and this, but it's a harder process and you don't get to the end point quickly. Whereas actually if you restarted in the room, as you said, then we get to get going again and we're back to normal. So there is yes. something, It's yes. and it's a tricky one.
1: That's a good question. Is it different Different ways people are wired? Because I know, like, the idea of starting with a blank page, I'm all for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> whereas I know somebody else might be thinking, oh, no, no, I would love to sit back in that little room and get started. And, um, and I suppose there's the familiarity of what we've been used to. Um, and, and we don't want to lose all of the things that we had before. Some of them are really, really precious. And... Um, But uh, I suppose for for me, I was already thinking, well, are we, you know, we were already struggling to to match the shape of church to reach into our culture. So is this the chance to kind of actually put on our thinking cast? We kind of had a, a really abrupt stop and a forced stop. But now, before we rush back to the way things were, can we take our time and go, actually, what should this look like? Um, can we, like, match the shape of our churches more to reaching the people around us now? You know, things that we were struggling with before. Can we drop them <laughs> or change them?
2: Yeah, I think that's that's really helpful. Um, like, I think just when you think about that, if if this is just a restart, it's just been a blip, and now we're we're just getting back into our normal thing. It it, it it definitely reduces the space for opportunity, as you said, Amory. marie And um, I think Brian mentioned nostalgia can be a mm. something that um, gets in the way of rebuilding. And I remember Mark Sayers using this term, sentimental drag. Um, and I thought it was a really good term in terms of, you know what's going to prevent us from having a posture to kind of move into the rebuilding mindset and this idea that uh, pining for stuff that we had in the past is going to drag our thinking a little bit and um and i I suppose the rebuilding mindset is is a mindset that's free to start again isn't it you know Mm. um i'm just thinking um what what does the posture of if we're going to take a posture of rebuilding versus restarting what does that what does that look like like what are the, what are the things we think about that would be different um, how do we lead differently if we're going to uh, embody a re- rebuilding mindset any thoughts on that
0: is there something about restarting that you look backwards and you look back to what was and you just restart what was. Whereas, you know, if you think physically of a building, rebuilding a house, you have maybe, especially if it's been leveled, as he talked about, you have a blank page to, and it's nearly a more forward thinking process maybe, is it? And restarting is more of a reflect back of what was and what do we need to put back in place? Let's remember what we used to do and let's do those things again. Whereas rebuilding maybe helps you to think a bit more forward. I don't know if that's fair.
1: Yeah, and and, and using that kind of idea, like if you were to rebuild, say, your family home, you now know how your family operates and, you know, the functionality of the house would suit the shape of your family and you'd be thinking ahead to what shape your family is going to be over the next few years. So things that have been annoying you in your house um, and restricting your family life, now you get a chance to to build, like you're saying, Simon, for the future, to make space for the future. Yeah, Uh,
2: I think that's that's really helpful. And also, not only do you know what your family need, but you also know what the neighbours around you are like and your street is like and how that has changed and how you might rebuild your extension or your house differently because of the context you're in we're really playing that building metaphor guys, aren't
0: we? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it out as much I supposed to, I suppose to move it on. He, he uh, what, the guts of what he said, and you can re, uh, listen to it in the webinar. He talked about like designing our, our way forward and thinking about it and how does he, and he went through a process, which you can see in the webinar, but it was thinking about design thinking. So I might play, a little clip here. Uh, I liked the line. He said, like any problem is a design problem. Um, it just talked about like, how do we, we need to think about design. We need to think about how do we um, design our, our way out of that. So let's, I'll just play this little bit and then we can chat about it.
3: I would say, and this is what I want to sort of major on uh, in our conversation today is really designing our way forward, designing our way forward. So I like something called design thinking, which is, which is you know, something really that's fresh in the last probably 30 years, the sort of rise of design thinking, people like Roger Martin at the University of Toronto, uh, the, the Stanford Design School, which has taken on this whole kind of D school uh, uh, template, which is now being taken on by universities around the world. That, that you know, companies like IDEO, just, just the, the idea is that you can, you can take any problem and you think of it as a design problem. So that is in and of itself, I think is a sort of novel breakthrough idea that every problem actually is a design problem. Uh, when something is going wrong, it's because the system that we have designed is designed to give us the results we currently have. And if we don't like the results, we have to rethink the design of the system. Uh, and so applying design thinking, not just in terms of artistic uh, or even engineering terms, but applying it to social problems. Um, and for us, the social technology of the church uh, and of ministry, this is just really fascinating and important way of thinking about things. And it's especially important in a moment like this where we need to rebuild something. We have to think like architects. We have to, we have to, we have to imagine uh, uh, not just changes that we would make, incremental or, or, or uh, improvements that we might make to an existing system, but think about actually redesigning uh, from the ground up.
0: So, yeah, I think uh, as you started that, that conversation, he did go through a bit of a process in, in thinking about it and where you start with that. But that, when you first hear that, it feels a little bit where do I even start? What does that even mean? How do I do that? We don't normally think through church like that because we have our ministry like that or mission like that, because we, we are where we are. What was your, had you heard design thinking stuff before? Had you, has it hit home for you?
1: Um, I, I loved it. Like my dad was an architect. And ah, okay, in, I didn't know that. In a former era of my life, I was a systems analyst. So oh, no way. <laughs> designing and uh, planning. I, I loved it. And, um, and this idea that you could look at the whole reshaping of church with that, like, design idea. Um, so like we were just saying there, where you're designing for the future, you're, you're looking at, like, so our culture has changed so much recently, but then even in the last, I think, well, I'm not a cultural expert, but I would think the culture is going to change massively in the next decade that people's priorities their outlook on life has changed so much so the the chance to get to look at how we do church and do that with our context in mind do that with the future in mind do that within you know it just it excites me to to think that way (laughs) so it's back to that idea of that you've got um, a blank page you've got some gold nuggets that you want to keep and you're going to put them back on the page but that you have a blank page to go how do we shape this how do we how do we look forward but I liked what he said it's further on in the end where and um, because I was think that's it's very big to think about reshaping church but he was then saying go through a process by process mm-hmm. so each thing you come up to you go okay let's design this for the future and um, so that made it much more bite-sized and um, probably
0: achievable. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, whenever you think about rebuilding a building, and I know we're exaggerating the the metaphor hugely, <laughs> but you know, in certain buildings, a lot of buildings in Ireland are protected structures. So there's bits that you have to keep. You know, you sometimes go past a building and the facade of the building is there, but there's nothing behind it. But the, the county council say that you need to keep this bit up. And do you think, as we think about rebuilding, reshaping church and looking forward, are there bits that we decide our protected parts that we need to keep so whether it's worship or preaching or the seats or the whatever are there particular bits like do you think everything should be on the table should we be putting everywhere there as we rethink like how far do you go
2: any thoughts (laughs)
1: You go
2: for this one, Ross. Uh, Thanks, Um, (laughs) Anne-Marie. Well, I'm
1: going
2: to say go for everything. Yeah, I I, I think in a sense you do. And I think part of the redesign that he's talking and I felt was that redesign is needed. Like that is in itself a redesign that we have to take on this mentality to um, embrace what God is doing among us. And he is always working. He's always drawing people to himself he is always um yeah and so we need to we we need to have the flexibility not to get stuck that's whole sentimental drag stuff so is everything on the table i think so but i think for those listening to this probably you know um you, you, they might be hearing churches, whatever we want it to be. And I don't think that's what we're saying. I think there are key components of the church. And I think his three things, worship, community and mission, are really helpful. But I think within each of those sort of three areas, there's so much opportunity to redesign how we do worship. And and in, in one way, like the pandemic has kind of forced us to rethink of worship and for us even as a small community worship was very narrowly defined as someone with a instrument usually a guitar singing songs and multiple people looking at a screen and singing those words where we now have been forced to explore new forms of liturgy and new forms of how we do worship and that's in a sense a little idea of how we've had to redesign. we do worship and it's actually expanded rather than contracted our experience of that so i think it's all on the table within within the confines of what the church is
1: yeah and I, i think that's what like so i like the idea of the white page but that's what i meant by that there's gold nuggets there's there's things that are just you know they're timeless they're just part of who we are as christians um and we'll find new expressions for those. So I think, say, during the pandemic, we found people, um, you know, rediscovering, say, rhythms of uh, spiritual formation. You know, uh, different prayer practices. So things like that, where where people maybe discovered, um, I don't want to say an emptiness, but they discovered a lack and and realized they needed more connection with Jesus, more personal connection. So those kind of things, I think they're there. Each of them needs rethinking um, and reshaping, but there's certain things that like, you just don't get rid of. So like the baby in the bathwater, you know, we, we don't throw everything out. We, we hang on to the treasures, but in a way that they get expressed better in our churches and get lived out better. maybe.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point. And I think actually, If we asked in churches in in mission, if we asked the church in Ireland, you know, what are the elements of church? What is church? I think that's a helpful exercise to do because you and I might have different ideas on what that is. We'd want to hold on to some of those things. So absolutely, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But we should have the question about which is the baby? What's the baby in here? You know, what are those golden nuggets? What are the bits want to retain but how to express them maybe differently and uh, brian goes in and talks a little bit about that he kind of starts thinking about you know where do you, do you start with he talked about the design thinking you starting with them um, with empathy and who's our end user i'm going to play a little bit here because i think this was quite an interesting thing that he um he mentioned and a bit of a, a challenge to think through so i'll play this bit and then we can talk about it
3: Wait, this is what's so fascinating about design thinking you start with empathy so in other words what designers do, what designers have to do is they start with what they call the user interface or user experience. You have to ask yourself the question, who is our core user and what are they bringing in to the problem? Uh, the, the starting point for design thinking is empathy, empathy. And what a, what a profound question for us to be asking as ministers, you know, as pastoral care for our, for your nation, for your neighbors, for your own family, for your soul—I mean, what do people want right now? Um, what do they need? What are they? What are their yearnings? Their hungers? Their thirsts? Their their sense of pain, shortcoming, whatever? Is it friendship? Is it a place to talk about their fears? Is it safety? Is it an encounter with God? Is it peace? What is it? I
0: think you started to. touch on that there and read just a little bit where people are at and I think the the world has changed or maybe it's uh I know Mark Sarah said the pandemic was the the start of something it was just revealing where the world was at maybe so there's people are feeling things uh, when we think about rebuilding does that is that a challenge does that make sense for you to start with and i know he used the word end user which isn't doesn't sound particularly brilliant when you think about churches but obviously when you're thinking about designing a project that's what you think of you know you're designing a phone or a tv that's what you think of the end user but when you th- heard the end user what did you think of like what was who's the end user of church who is the the people were rebuilding for
1: Yeah, I I was really struck by that question because, and it got me thinking. I was thinking, so who are you redesigning for? Your it's for the people who are already in your church family. It's for the people you hope will become part of your church family, and then it's for the people in your community, whether that's your neighbourhood or your work or a particular people group or whatever, and the people who will be most impacted by your church, the people whose lives will be touched and transformed because of your church's presence. Um, So how do we how do we design it so that we're reaching all of those people and meeting all of those needs? Because they're quite different. Um,
0: Yeah, because I think even if you think about uh, our church buildings, you know, across the island, most churches probably the biggest part or the most significant part of a church is the the sanctuary the the place where worship happens and maybe community and mission aren't so obvious within a a structural building but then again if we look at what we as a church do what are what we're about uh even you think about a mission project or an organization. How's what's the balance between worship, community, and mission? Not only in our our physical footprint, the physical building, but in how we do and how we interact with people. What's the balance between those things? Is are we predominantly about worship? Are we predominantly about community? Are we predominantly about mission? And
2: and and how do we reassess that? Yeah, and I think one of the things that Mark encouraged us to think about the previous week was that. Um, gathering on a Sunday is obviously important, but if that's the only thing you know that we do, most people would say, what is church? Oh, I go to it on a Sunday morning. I think that needs a bit of redesign. I think that needs to be looked at and go, is that the full, full expression of what church needs to be in the context that we are at the moment? And if our end user, it's a terrible phrase, but if our if if our person like for me, we want to create spaces where people can encounter community and ultimately encounter God. So whether that's a Sunday morning, or whether that's a Alpha course online, or whether it's a community project, or whether it's, you know, I think that's where our imagination needs to be freed up when we start thinking about redesign. Um, I think you said, "Who are we designing the system for, or who are we designing church for?" I think you can hear that and go it would be very easy to kind of drift into the consumeristic model that we want to meet everybody's needs, their individual kind of requirements, and we're gonna shape everything based on their feedback. I don't think that's necessarily what he was saying. Um, And it's always probably a ditch that we need to probably be careful that we don't fall into. Um, But it is taking the heart of what the church is to embody the person of Christ and to bring healing and hope and restoration and ultimately transformation to anybody whether they have known christ for 20 years or two days you know we all need that transforming work so how do we create spaces for those sort of people to encounter encounter him yeah and as we
0: as we think about that it is you know if we have buildings that's scope to do that but even if we're thinking as as ordinary people across the island. How do we have those spaces? Even if he took it right down to individual level, where are the spaces for those? How do we create those spaces? What spaces do we go into um, to have that deep community, to have, to be missional, to, to have that worship? I think towards the end of the um, kind of the latter half of it, he was in his uh, typical enthusiastic way. He was, you know, we need to to get on with this and we need to roll up our sleeves and we need to have energy for this. And It just felt I don't know how others feel, but there was a feeling of people are a bit tired or don't know how to do that. Um how how did you hear that? And and I suppose how do you hear it for people in Ireland and and where we're at now?
2: My my major reaction was like, uh, this is the time of year that we need a break. I'm uh tired, fatigued, and low on energy. Um so I kind of heard it as, as a challenge, as a kind of sense of, um, I, I need to hear that in September, just give me a break. <laughs> but, and, and I think, but what was kind of cutting was that I think he had a stat saying that 80% of pastors, when asked if they were offered another job, they would all take it. And I think there's something below that, that, you know, um, if this if this work i I think there's an element where we we take on too much and it's like you know what jesus says come to me and i will give you rest work with me walk with me watch me how i do it i think there's an element where we're missing the unforced rhythms of grace in all of this and i think there's a level of supernatural energy that that god has promised to give us and i think he said uh, we need a a second breath um, I think there's something that that we need to get that outside of ourselves maybe I think that's probably quite a good question to think about what energizes us and how do we recognize when we are living outside those those unforced rhythms of grace you know and what does rest look like what does work like like in the balance and all of that sort of stuff um, yeah Marie any thoughts on that
1: yeah when when he was saying like you need to ask god for a second wind i was thinking or maybe a tenth.
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) because
1: it feels like it's been a year of just you know digging deep and you know constantly adapting and and trying to keep changing and keep kind of keep your church your people together you know um and like the the people we were meeting say in the Praxis cohorts and the learning communities, we've seen them do so much adapting. And um, this sense that now, now it's kind of we're coming out of lockdown and everybody's going, oh great, we can get back to normal. And you just have this sense that leaders are going, what I need about a month off before we go back to normal <laughs> or whatever. Um, and I suppose, like when we're tired, that stat that he gave, when when we're tired, there's I mean the, there's a, the option of bowing out and going right I'm done and um, there's the option of going back to the familiar and that's that's easier than going sort of oh let's think about rebuilding or let's think about what God's doing where if you can go back to the familiar it's it's easy it's easier it's not easy these days but it is easier and um, but I I I really agree with them that we need to Dig deep, and um, but but to look to God for that second or third or tenth wind or whatever. Um, and for me, I, I agree with you, Ross. The like the rest rest for me is actually part of that. That it's in order to dig deep and to go again. We we definitely need to rest, and and we need normal rhythms of rest. But I. I think there's a feeling of that we we need like a almost a serious rest. So like my my plan would be, or our plan would be to, to kind of put a shape on the summer and see, you know, do a bit of talking around that, then take some rest, be with family, be with friends, and um, be with God, do things that refresh us, maybe just retreats, reading, whatever, you know, <laughs> walks in nature. Um, And then to come back sort of going yeah i don't want to miss the kind of opportunity that's ahead you know Um, but i i do think rest is a big part of that
2: yeah and i think sometimes we often think well sometimes i do this that rest means not working Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a real biblical sense of sabbath rest Mm -hmm. that is very much attached to Work in the sense of allowing God speak to us, allowing God to re-energize us, allowing God to give us revelation. And if anything, probably the tiring thing that I found is having to constantly rethink and rechange and adjust. And, and that's why it's so tempting just to, just to go back to the restart mindset rather than rebuild mindset. And I do think we need, a, in order to kind of step into the rebuilding posture, it has to be rooted and grounded in, in a revelation from, Mm. from God. Doesn't it? you know, that we are not able to, to do this on our own. And I think that is the challenge for me that I want to rest. And I want to like, practically, probably we've been going so hard at this, that the spaces to reflect in my life have been greatly diminished. And Mm. sometimes you're rolling from meeting to meeting with, with no space of kind of, you're not bringing anything in the sense of like, you know I haven't really had space to process this and get some revelation and to hear from God and I think that's probably the bit that gets squeezed out you know I don't know about you guys but I do think that's it's a it's a sense of um of resting to to get revelation and 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 inspiration again to keep going yeah
1: I agree
0: yeah, I think, I, I think it's important and what you said at the start there, Ross, just about um, rest doesn't mean that you just kind of switch off. Because I think sometimes we can run ourselves so hard and you just get to a point that's holidays and you just completely switch off and you're just, you know, you're, you collapse in a heap uh, straight yeah. away. And actually, I think, it, Amber, you listed a few different options there. And I think it's really important that we understand ourselves and understand what rest, what real rest is and what that means for us, whether it's walking or being with family or reading or being by ourselves or whatever it might be, retreats, it's important that we get that it's not just kind of completely switch off. Cause I think sometimes for me, I love to to think about the future and, and think and imagine and come up with ideas. And I think a lot of that time that happens on holidays because I'm switched off from the normal. So I think it's not switching off completely, but yeah. it's having that space. I remember last year we and they're still actually on the website I just checked, but there's a few resources on the website about kind of thinking about rest and imagination so mm-hmm. how do we rest but also how do we have an imagination just of of what what god might be doing um and i think it is it, it's important that we do both of those things that we do consider rest and switching off but we don't just completely close off um that we have space as well to to be thinking and dreaming and having having a revelation from god absolutely yeah yeah
1: there's something about when you get back into the busy the space for dreaming and imagination and hearing from God is, yeah. gets yeah. a bit squeezed.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, well, I think we'll leave it there. The, the rest of the webinar is on the website. If you want to um, have a look at that. Um, and we hope, I suppose from us to you, it feels like a, a Christmas thing. We hope you do have time to rest and to th- rethink about stuff. And we, c- if we can be of any help, um, please give us a shout and look forward to kind of, seeing what the future holds. I know it's a bit nervous, but I suppose we're in this together and God's with us uh, as he walks, as we walk into whatever the future holds for us. So thank you, Anne-Marie. It's been great as always to have you on. Your wisdom.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Anne-Marie. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We'll pick it up again after the summer. Yeah. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or online at praxismovement.ie.